the Making Sense of Life podcast number 31. According to J.K. Rowling, life is difficult and complicated and beyond anyone's total control. The humility to know that will enable you to survive its vicissitudes. The Making Sense of Life podcast will not only empower you to navigate through a fast-changing world, but also to grow in body, mind and spirit. Inward change precedes outer transformation. As the ancient Greek author Plutarch once said, what we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. This podcast is sponsored by Logos Medical Legal. Sunil also works privately with senior leaders. Go to drsunil.com forward slash corporate to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Making Sense of Life podcast with me, Andrew Horton and Dr. Sunil Rahija. Sunil, great to have you with us again. Yeah, and it's great to be here again, Andrew, with you doing another podcast, which we which we hope, in fact, will be a great encouragement to many people. That is the optimum word today. Yes, hope is the theme of our podcast. Um, Sunil, let's start by looking at what we mean by hope and why hope is important. Why, yeah. why do you think that? Well, hope is a very funny word in the English language. Even at the introduction when I said, I hope this can be helpful, often when we use the word hope, when we're talking in everyday conversation, we, we, sort of think, we, we talk in terms of possibility. So I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow means that it might rain tomorrow, it may not rain tomorrow, but I would like it not to rain tomorrow. So there's this sense of ambiguity. But actually, when we're talking about hope in, if you, were, if you like, the, the more stricter definition of the term, we're talking about a positive, joyful expectation about the future, if you like, to the point of actual, actual, of certainty rather than of wishful thinking. So it's much more than wishful thinking. In fact, it's the opposite of wishful thinking. Okay, so there's a quote that I've seen that you've written on one of your blog posts, Sunil, which says, human beings can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, about eight minutes without air, but only for one second without hope. It's a fantastic quote, isn't it? I think it's... it's um, it's not attributed to anyone, but uh, it's it's a great great thing to think about, isn't it? That we we have we have to have hope, basically, don't we? Yes, and obviously it's referring to the physical in terms of food and water and air, essential as those all are. And yet, take away hope from somebody that can have devastating consequences. I'm I've worked as a, as a psychiatrist, and one of the things they taught us in medical school was one of the biggest, as it were, predictive factors of suicide. Uh, was when somebody lost hope uh, and that by far was the biggest predictor so in an in interview to say is there anything else that you're living for is are you seeing that life is not worth do you think that life is not worth living and why do you think that if someone could not think of any positive reason to carry on living that was was, was a very serious uh, indicator that they could actually kill themselves it's interesting isn't it because as, as we talked about just a few seconds ago about the fact that hope can be both casual but also kind of serious and desperate you know so uh, it can be used in both instances so we can casually think oh i hope my football team wins today or something Absolutely. like that but we can perhaps in a more serious uh, view of hope we can say i hope i get out of this tornado alive or something like that you know yes. it's kind of the difference between the, the desperate hope and the and the casual hope Would you yes. see that? so there's something isn't there about when we have say maybe a disappointment in life or we're in dis or we're 
or we're discouraged or we're in despair, deep despair really, about a situation, all of those uh, circumstances need some form of hope. Uh, and really they reveal, if you like, what our underlying values are and what the things that really matter to us are. It's, it's quite tricky, isn't it, in terms of um, how we can view the concept of hope. But there's so many different sort of, it's almost like a sliding scale almost, isn't it? Yes. And again, when we're talking about hope, we've got to be careful. This is why it's very hard to sort of, we're very careful when, when we talk about it because it's very easy. We're sort of walking a little bit on, on a tightrope where it's very easy to slip off. So when we say we're living with hope, with a joyful, positive expectation about the future, that doesn't necessarily mean to say that, that, that life is going to turn out the way that I think it should. Mm. So things may not go the way I necessarily expect. But I think there is that quote from Vaclav Havel that says, hope is not conviction that something will turn out well, but the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out. So, you know, on the podcast, we're very much, very much about making sense of life. And so this, I think ha Vaclav Havel really puts it well, this idea that in the in the long run it will make sense i, I might not see it mm. and it may not go the way i want mm. and when it makes sense it you know because obviously terrible things do happen tragedies do happen so some of our listeners may be going through some really desperate situations and i don't want to be so blasé as to say that oh it'll all be all right mm. but what we're trying to say is that in in the long run and that may take 10 years 20 years it may take a whole lifetime but it will one day make sense regardless of how it turns out. So Vaclav says, as you say, that hope is not the conviction that something will turn out well, it's the certainty that something makes sense regardless of how it turns out well. So that's quite an example of how hope can be powerful, isn't it? Enormously powerful, you see, because what he's saying is that hope is most powerful when it's unat unattached to the outcome I want. Yes, there can be times, of, as we said, desperation, even despair, but it's the conviction that it doesn't end there. That uh, There is, if you like, an inner conviction. We've talked about this on other podcasts as well and other blog posts, that the best is yet to come. Now, what that best is, is not necessarily what I think it should be. Mm. And I think that's where we're, we need to tease, um, tease this out somewhat because I can become very, very attached to life going the way that I think it should go. Mm. And... The danger of that is that it becomes way too important. It becomes, if you like, an idol of my heart mm. that I have to have um, this answer to prayer. I have to have uh, this job. I have to have this person in my life, all these kind of things. And then I will be happy. Well, no, hope is saying actually there is that there is something better for me, but I don't necessarily have to have all the answers. It's interesting. It reminds me of a, a talk I once heard at church, which was saying that we must get away from the mindset that we are the most important people on this planet, mm. and we must get get more of a mindset that we are in the, in the grand scheme of, of of eternity, in a sense that we are almost a, a bit part. We're we're, yes. we're we're a walk on it's, a cameo, in a sense. Yes, yeah, it's, it's somewhat disconcerting, but yes, it, absolutely right. If you think about it, that the world, whatever it is, six seven billion people, is in, is composed entirely of other people. Mm. <laughs> there's loads of other people so i'm not the center of the universe and yet so much that thinking is deeply rooted within me within all of us you know you only have to look at, at young babies and young children to see how self-centered they are which at, at the age of two or three is in wonderfully cute and beautiful to see a two or three year old so totally absorbed with themselves but if that two or three year old is still self-centered at 23 or 33 it's not beautiful at all it's, it's it, it looks pretty ugly <laughs> 
we've talked on the podcast a previous podcast before about how you know we can we can have hopes and aspirations for something but they may, may not necessarily be the the right things good things for us in a sense you know we, i think it was, might have been in the wisdom podcast a little while yeah. ago but you know so for example when we we're at school we think oh we, we hope we can go out with this girl or this boy yeah. or whatever and um uh it has to be right it has to be right this, this is this is this is the one i hope hope so much for this but it turned out probably wasn't the right thing at the yes, time. Yes, that's right. We can have an infatuation with somebody thinking, yes, that person will be so wonderful to date or go out with. But no, it, it, and then feeling crushed within, in, inside when things don't go out, don't go the way we expect, or anything, or a job, or any aspiration we may have. So it's about reframing, isn't it? About Hope, hope is about reframing, so it's not just about what we think is we want to happen but it's about looking at that big picture isn't it yes it's much deeper much broader than that and as we said you know that that life is much bigger than my little world or the way that i think my little world should go or should be okay so what does hope do sunil what you know in terms of you know i could think for, for example of some people could say it keeps you alive hope can keep me alive or it can give us a good feeling but expand unpack a bit for more for me what what hope does yes so we've tried to to define what what hope is and try to be more precise about it but i think when i'm living in hope you know so i wake up you know there there was a famous philosopher who said that when you wake up in the morning if you can think of a reason sorry this is quite depressing really but (laughs) if you can think of a reason not to kill yourself then you're doing pretty well and i think the whole point being is that when i wake up in the morning do i wake up with uh in fact one one of the podcasts we did with uh, with baroness caroline cox if I wake up with faithless, fearful dread is what she talk, very candidly talked about, waking up in the morning like that. That's obviously very, very um, debilitating and very discouraging. Mm. But if I can wake up in the morning with hope, then that creates a, a sense of aliveness, a sense of energy, a sense of well-being. It can keep us physically very well. You know, um, doctors talk about, you know, that the fact of dying of a broken heart is a real thing. You know, if if... If you are discouraged and you lack hope, that will have an effect on your physical well-being and can lead to an early death. As opposed to if you live with hope, in spite of the circumstances around you, in spite of what's going on, mm. um, then things may not necessarily go the way you want them to go. But there's more likelihood that, you'll, as it were, you'll bring your best self to the table and begin to find a way out and a way through it all. I think that's really good, isn't it? How you know, we, we, we must kind of recognise that life isn't a rehearsal, is it, Sunil? And I think yes. I think Mike Pilavachi, one of the Christian pastors that I follow quite closely, he says life is not a rehearsal. So we have to kind of, there's no, there's no point kind of, in a sense, not being hopeful because we have to kind of keep moving forward, don't we? Yes, we've got to keep moving forward. The question is, is where is our confidence? Mm. Is my confidence in having all the answers myself and doing it all by myself? In, in which case... If that if that's if that's going to happen, then I'm going to be very quickly discouraged and very quickly lose hope. And it's very easy to say this, but how am I actually living? So I can say yes, I have hope in in, in God's care for me and hope and hope in Christ. But when the rubber hits the road, as we say in English, or when the problems come, where do I go? And and so often I've, as it were, been somewhat perturbed by my own lack of of hope at times when things have gone wrong, when I've had discouragements how quickly I've gone into a panic mode, which has shown me that really my foundations are not where they should be. Because if I really do have 
that confident expectation about the future that things will turn out. I mean, Billy Graham's got this wonderful saying. He says, I've, I've read the last page of the Bible. It turns out all right in the end. <laughs> and yes, that, that, that doesn't mean to say that there won't be periods of discouragement and disappointment. But that ultimately, again, going to Harville's quote, there is this certainty that it will all make sense one day, even though if I can't see it, that's, mm. that's, that's the issue, really. That's really powerful, isn't it? It can really, as, as we said earlier, it can almost keep us alive constantly. I know that uh, there's many stories I've heard where uh, an old married couple, if one of them passes away, then often, very often, the other partner in the couple passed away very soon after. It's, it's just... That that hope of of uh, that you have in your spouse can yes. can can be really powerful, can't it? Well, I suppose yes. And in that sense, one spouse gave, as it were, hope and meaning to the other spouse. And when they went, then that hope and meaning went. Um, and that's absolutely true. That that's why uh, couples have been married for a long time. When one dies, and the other can very very quickly go. In fact, that's what happened to my grandparents actually on my mother's side. Mm. Uh, my Grand, uh, my grandfather died very quickly after my grandmother died. Yeah, because he he was very caring for her in 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 the last stages of her life. Do you remember the film The Shawshank Redemption? Yes, that's right. Yes, it's 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 quite a classic film. Yes. Now there was a quote in there from Andy, who's the um, the main character in The Shawshank Redemption, who says, um, "Remember that hope is a good thing." Red Red is one of the characters uh, who's. Um, also in the Shawshank Redemption too. Remember that hope is a good thing, Red. Maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Remember that hope is a good thing, and no good thing ever dies. And, and hope is what really got Andy through that kind of prison experience uh, in the Shawshank Redemption, and what helped him to persevere all those years digging in that hole. Or well, no spoilers here, I guess, <laughs> in terms of the film. But he, he, um, yeah, he managed just to to see hope get him through this difficult situation that he's in, doesn't he, Snow? Yes, it's very much, it, it's a very much classic film. And what he, I think they're pointing to there is this issue that there is a bigger picture. And, and we all sense, you know, no matter how dark and depressing and discouraging life can mm. become... Um, there's, there's the old phrase there's light at the end of the tunnel isn't there which sounds a yeah, bit cliche that, but that, yeah we say it in a cliche way but but we ask ourselves there must be more to, to, to existence than this um, otherwise what purpose is there to go on really so what does it mean to be a hopeful person Sunil? We've, we've talked a lot about uh, sort of some of the principles behind hope and that sort of thing but how, what sort of practical advice can we have to be a hopeful person do you think Yes, the, the psychologists have studied a lot on hope, and one particular person is Shane Lopez, who's written a book called Making Hope Happen. And he very helpfully divides in just into four core beliefs, which we can sort of, as it were, if you think, as, as we think through, we can then apply in, 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 into our lives. And the first is that the future will be better than the present. Now, again, this is something about where our focus is, because if you think about it, again, sort of not mixing metaphors but just sort of uh, bringing in another little bit in here that there's that, f that from the tale of two cities there's that quote it was the best of times it's the worst of times and you could argue that about our time there's so many bad things happening you just have to switch the news or read the newspaper and there's all sorts of terrible thinking things happening around the world and yet we've never lived in a more positive time in history as well we've never had more resources more abundance um, more opportunities than any other time and so 
hope is living that ultimately the future will, will be better than the present. Again, not necessarily the way that I think or the, or the way that I've planned, but that there is ultimate sense to be made of that. So that's the first one. The second, and this is obviously talking from a psychological perspective, is that I have the power to make it so. And so, again, there, there are many things in life that we can't control. Um, and, you know, if you think, if you think politically, if you think uh, economically, if you think of, um, you know, global warming, all sorts of things that I have no control over. But there are certain things in terms of, like, my, my attitude, my... Um, uh, the actions that I take, the, the, where I put my attention, I have power to, as it were, create small oases of change. And that's what brings hope. You know, uh, we've talked also in the past about Viktor Frankl in the concentration camp in Nazi Germany. And if you want to think about a brutal situation, there aren't worse situations where there would be apparently be no hope. And yet what he did in that concentration camp was he realised that as he had his Nazi tormentors around him, that they could do what they wanted to, to him physically and they had control of his environment. So a very hopeless situation, apparently. Mm. But he realised that there was a part of him that no one else could control unless he gave him permission. That was his mind and his thinking. And so he, as it were, took control of that and began to think about what he was learning in the, envir in the environment he was in, the lessons he would teach his students when he got out. And those experiences gave him hope to keep going. Uh, as opposed to other prisoners who lost all hope and who died. But that's what got him through. So looking at where I do have power and control and focusing my attention there. You're saying about the, the fact that we um, don't necessarily have the power to change things like politics and economics and climate change. I, I guess in a sense we, we do collectively have, have the power to change these yes. things, don't we? So can you expand a bit on that? Yeah, so I think then in that case, you see hope is part of leadership as well because the person who has the hope ultimately and the confidence in a difficult situation will be ultimately become the leader. Mm. I mean, Barack Obama uh, famously had in, in 2008 when he was elected, he wrote that book, The Audacity of Hope. Mm. And uh, that's on the positive side in a sense that it's seeing that I, again, it goes back to what you said earlier on, because when I lose hope, I basically put myself in the centre and I say, it's a bit like worry. When I worry, I say that the world has to go the way that I want and I'm going to keep worrying until it goes the way that I want, which obviously never <laughs> happens, so I keep worrying. Mm. So it's actually saying that um, there are other answers out there, which actually goes to the third point, in, that, in fact, that, that there are many paths to the goals that, that, that I want or that we want collectively as well. That there are solutions out there. Um, and I, and, I, and I don't have them all. Okay, and then there's a fourth, is there? Yeah, fourth is that um, it's also being realistic about life because it's not, you see, we started off talking about wishful thinking. This is not wishful thinking, you see. It's saying that none of the potential ways to my goals is going to be free of obstacles. There, mm. it's being, there will be problems. There mm. will be difficulties. You know, if you look at a construction site, for example, you go to any construction site, it looks a complete mess. You know, mm. they're knocking down buildings and they're putting it half, you know, things are half built and everybody seems to be running around in, a, in a, an apparently haphazard, haphazard way. But eventually there is order comes from that disorder. You know, the, other people talk about the, the, the messy middle. When you're in the middle of anything, it always looks a mess and it always looks, you know, if you like, hopeless. <laughs> But it's persevering through that that ultimately brings hope. And it's the person who can, as it were, maintain that vision for the future, can 
have that confident expectation about the future. Yes, it's it's a mess now, but that's not where my where the focus of my attention is now. My focus is onward. It's it's future orientated. This very much ties into our thinking about resilience, doesn't it? In terms of the um, where we kind of align ourselves, where, where where's our focal point? Where where are we going towards? And it's enough. Yes, I mean we talked about that, and that was in podcast thirteen, how to grow in resilience, and it's about being future orientated. We've also talked about this in terms of the fixed and the growth mindset with Carol Dweck, and I think that's podcast twenty one on grit. This issue is that. Um, do I see myself growing or do I see myself as fixed mm. uh, and and that uh, am I unchangeable or as we are you know as we as we are made to be we are made to grow because all healthy things ultimately grow and I think it's also about taking uh, if I can use another cliche if you permit me um, taking the rough with the smooth isn't it in terms of the um, the way we, we live our lives you know we, we it says in point four here none, none of our um, no, no. potential paths is, is 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 without obstacles. That that yeah, that's the whole point, then, isn't it? Because we maybe have this sort of fairy tale Hollywood, Bollywood kind of romantic notion that that they just live happily ever after. Mm. No, every day, every generation, every time, every place has its challenges. You know, there's, mm. you know, what's that phrase? The grass may look greener on the other side, but it still has to be mowed. <laughs> yes. There's still things that need to be done. You, you there, there is this side of eternity. There is no perfect have happy ever after wow uh quite a lot to think about there i think as as we often do on our podcast we, we like to look at things from an eternal perspective from a biblical perspective yeah. don't we Sunil? and uh, uh, as followers of christ as disciples of christ um one of the um things that the bible really speaks to me about is in hebrews 12 for the joy that was set before jesus on the cross very powerful passage uh, he endured the suffering that he, that he, he had, had. Hope in that situation. he had hope in that situation yeah, yeah before we come to that because I, I, we, we talk about psychology as well and and the importance of hope and while those perspectives are helpful i do find that, that that it's insufficient and one of the reasons i say that is i always go back to a conversation i had with um a friend of mine who made a serious suicide attempt mm. And I remember speaking to him two or three days after he made that serious attempt. And he, he, was, he was very brave enough and courageous to tell me his thinking processes at that time. He said he was going through a very difficult situation that looked hopeless to him. And again, if you think about it, uh, he felt that you know, he had to have all the answers at that point and he couldn't see any answers. And he said it was about in the middle of the night, he suddenly had this thought coming to his head that if I killed myself, then this would solve everything. And he said once he had that thought, he had this enormous sense of peace. Mm. And he got up early in the early hours and he went out to make a serious suicide attempt. And if I just take a secular viewpoint of that, he actually had hope. He had hope that his death would basically mm. bring a solution. And you know this is very topical because if you think you know we've discussed this in uh, podcast seventeen, the the last taboo subject um, about death and about uh, euthanasia and the right to die, and on that was with Professor John Wyatt, is that that's right? right? With Professor John Wyatt, and we talked about there about how some you know really tragic situations of some people who are you know terminally ill with some, for example, locked in syndrome where they can't use their arms and legs or are in extreme pain. And they just want to die and, and they're not allowed to kill themselves. The problem with that is, 
is that it's looking at life from a very secular perspective and saying that I'm the center mm. uh, of the universe, mm. rather than that, even though these situations may be painful, that there is reason and purpose. And even my friend, you know, who, 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 who made that serious suicide attempt, even he is happy that he didn't, you know, at the time he, he felt dreadful, but he's so glad that, you know, it never worked out. So, and if we go back to this whole issue about the Vaclav Havel quote, which we keep going back to, is this conviction that something will turn out well uh, and that it will make sense regardless of what it looks like now. It just also struck me when you're talking about your friend um, that was thinking about suicide, about the, the Stephen Covey um, teaching on how we start off as dependent, yes. and then we try and be independent, and then we realise we should be interdependent. Yes, actually, that's a very good point because, and maybe that's also an illustration, is that we're so fixated on being indep independent feeling that I have to sort it out all myself, I, I have to have all the answers, I have to, and I think we as men are particularly guilty of this, is that times when we feel stressed, we can go into our own caves or deep into our thoughts. And the problem with going deep into our thoughts is that we then just go round around in circles thinking certain things. And if, they, if particular negative thoughts take hold and we begin to lose hope, we have no one else outside mm. to give us more perspective mm. about what we're living for. Mm. Fascinating. Okay, so should we move now on to the uh, biblical perspective yeah. of this, Sunil? Because I think it's really important what we can learn from the Bible on this. Yes, absolutely. So, and I think so that, in a sense, lays the foundation that we've got to have an eternal perspective. Because ultimately, in a, and, and I sort of made that in, in a joking way, but it's a serious point, is that when we look at the, the biblical scripture as a whole, we see that ultimately that God is the one who's in control. And he is, you know, we, we use the word history, and I always think of history as his story. It's not mm. my story, it's his story. Mm. It's another person, it's, an, it's not yeah. us, it's, we're not the centre of the universe, yeah. I keep saying. That's right, it's the eternal God's perspective on, on life, the universe and everything. Mm. And just because I can't make sense of it at the moment, you know, as we said, as you said earlier, I'm only one blip at one particular point in history. Mm. Um, he's the one who's making sense of it. And it's not for me to do that, I have to live in joyful uh, relationship with him, obedient to what he calls me to do, mm. trusting that he will make sense of, of this world and this life, even, the, even, even if I can't. You know, we, we had um, uh, in the, the podcast on stress um, way back, I think that's number three, um, we talked about the, that, that prayer that, that's, that's in many um, institutions and hospitals all, all around the world. You the, know. the serenity prayer, the serenity is that? Prayer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. God give us grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. That's what you read in most places. And yet, it's really, I think it's really strange, actually, is that the rest of the prayer is much less well known, in fact, but it's actually incredibly powerful. Um, How does it go? Yeah, so that goes, is what he says is, is living one day at a time. So that's, if you think about living with hope, living one day at a time, Enjoying one moment at a time, as it were. So being, being fully present in the here and now. Accepting hardship as the pathway to peace. So again, getting out of that sort of self-centered thinking that everything has to go my way, that I need to be happy in the here and now. Yeah. And then this is, if you like, the eternal perspective. Taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is. Embracing that this is a broken world, it is an imperfect world, that uh, things will, do go wrong, disasters do happen. And... Uh, so taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as is, not as I would have it, 
trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. And again, this is in, in the case if we think with, with Christ on the cross. Um, so Christ chose to surrender to God's will by going to the cross. Yeah. Um, and it's because of that that he went through the ultimate, if you like, in terms of despair and loss of hope yeah. because on, on the cross jesus's last words were my god my god why have you forsaken me my god my god why have you forgotten me yeah. he screamed that out from the cross yeah. because at that point god turned his back on jesus and all the punishment and sin of the world was put it says in, in 2 corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 god made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god yeah. that that you know that was the ultimate in loss of hope. If, if you think about it, you know, if, if, if somebody in the street who you don't know says, I, I hate your guts and I don't want to see you again, mm. although that's quite a, a, a horrible thing for somebody to say, because they don't know you, it's something you can get over quite quickly. But if somebody who you're closest to says that to you, mm. there can't be something that, that, that was, that's more hopeless than that, really. Mm. And what the Bible says is that God the Father was in intimate communion and relationship with Jesus. And at that point on the cross, God turned his back on Jesus, mm. as it were. And so all hope was gone. So that's why Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forgotten me? Mm. And the reason the Bible says was so that the punishment for our sins could go on to Jesus. So that ultimately we can be made right with God. So that my relationship with God is not based on my goodness, on what I do, which we talk about in on podcast number seven about religion, which is religious thinking. But it's now based on the basis of what Jesus done, because Jesus lived a perfect life and sacrificed himself on my behalf, as it were, surrendering to God's will so that I can, as it were, live with hope. And, and, and crucially, I think Jesus, as recorded in the Gospels, very, very last words were, into your hands I commit my spirit, isn't it? Yeah. So, he, so he may have had that hopeless um, exclamation of, yeah, why, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But at the very end, just before he dies, he does yeah. he does believe yeah. God is there and well, believes yeah. that yeah, there, there, is, there is something more. That's right. So at the same time, while he goes through that incredible suffering and loss of hope, he does it for a purpose. Mm. He knows that, that going, you, know, you, you quoted earlier on, for, for, um, uh, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross, scorning mm. its shame. Okay, So he endured it. And if you like, we're called for a life of endurance with the pain and suffering of this world, be that big or small. Um, and, you know, going back to that surrender prayer, which says, uh, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. And then he says, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life. So there's an, there's there's a proper understanding of this life that my investments are not all in this world mm. and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Mm. All my eggs are not in this basket in this life. Ultimately, I have hope in the eternal future with Christ. That's where my confidence lies, not um, in anything in this world, because ultimately everything in this world is ultimately just disappointing in one way or another. And, and yet we try and, uh, and put our hope in things that aren't, haven't, haven't got that eternal perspective. Yeah. And, uh, we try, try and put our, things, our hope in things other than God. And in the sense that it's almost building a house upon the sand, isn't it? It's yeah. building a house on the rock. Isn't it? Yes, that's right. He's using one of Jesus' parables, uh, parables there. And, and yet that's the default of my, of my human heart. All the mm. time I'm looking for other things apart from God and apart from what God has done for me in Christ 
to put my hope in. And ultimately, they will disappoint. Now, that's not to say you don't enjoy things. Of course, mm, there are good mm, things to enjoy. Mm. Of course, there are holidays to enjoy. There are, you know, there are accomplishments to, to reach and achieve. And that's really good. The problem becomes when that's all our hope is. Mm. If, I can get, if I can get the first part right, if my hope is ultimately in God, knowing that every good thing I have could potentially be taken away from me. So I don't hold on to it tightly. I hold on to the things in this world likely because I know that I'm holding most tightly onto what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he's done for me, then I can enjoy everything else. <laughs> then I can really live with that joyful expectation about the future and with hope. Okay, just coming into land now, Sunil, I've just got two very quick questions for you, if that's all right, because uh, um, I want to wrap up with the, these final thoughts. One is, um, what, what would you say to encourage us to be able to have that hope in a sense how can we align ourselves to have that hope uh, this sort of everlasting hope this eternal hope and secondly what would you say to people who are, are struggling with a lack of hope at this time so so first of all you know what how, how can we get this okay. this, this 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 direction this alignment with, with this kind of meaningful um solid eternal hope yeah so i think the first thing to is is it starts off with an awareness and it, it, it it's it's an, it starts off with an examination of my life when i'm discouraged when i'm defeated when i get angry and upset with myself or with others it's asking that question what was i hoping here so much of life comes because of expectations that aren't fulfilled and so we're often not thinking about that so it's stepping back and thinking what was I expecting? What was it I was looking for mm. in this person or in this circumstance that, that, that I'm not getting? Mm. And then it's seeing, from a, from, from a biblical Christian perspective, it's seeing, where does God give that to me? And where is God giving that to me? It's going to come ultimately as well from a life of gratitude as well. It's seeing the things that God has given me. So often when we lose hope, we lose that perspective. We just look at, we just focus and focus on the negative. Uh, and so we don't see anything else. And it's getting that right perspective back. There's going to be people who listen to this podcast who are uh, struggling, uh, perhaps quite a lot with, with a lack of hope at this time. A, a few final words to encourage them, to, know, to encourage us all, perhaps. Yes, I think in terms of if, if you really are struggling with, with a lack of hope, and, and this is serious stuff because people do kill themselves because they have no hope. They lose hope. And if, if, that's, if that's you listening to this now, what I'd really encourage you to do is to talk to somebody about that, to bring that situation out into the open, no matter how painful it seems, how, how beyond redemption it may seem, how hopeless it may appear. You do not have all the answers. Everything you're thinking, there may be aspects of, there, in fact, they're not there, maybe there will be aspects of what you're thinking that are not necessarily true. So certainly find, we've talked about this in the past, find safe people who will not judge you, but who you can openly talk it through with. And ultimately, God is, is the source. He is the God of all hope. And it's, it's ultimately he who can transform situations around in ways that we may never have thought possible. And again, if we think about, if we think about the, the New Testament, we think of, of Christ, when he was on that cross, nothing would have looked more dark and more hopeless than Jesus on the cross suffering. And yet, three days later, he rose from the dead. That resurrection, nobody expected that. No one was thinking that that's what was going to happen. 
And that is what has transformed the world and is transforming the world even today. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, you can get all the show notes for this episode from drsunil.com. And could you do us a favour? Head over to iTunes to rate the programme. This is by far the best way to get this content into the hands of those who need it most. Also, do you think about who you could pass details of the podcast on to? Don't forget to check out the blog for more great content. That's drsunil.com, helping you to make sense of life in a challenging and complex world. Until next time, goodbye for now.